Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. All right, y'all, Leviticus chapter 23. Today is a special day. It is Simchat Torah. We're going to be talking about this today. I've got a, a special insight for you. And then we're going to be doing something that we've never done in Bethel's history here today. Just a little something that's, uh, that the Lord, I think, was just kind of directing me and showing me. Because we can't do things quite like we typically do, but it's still going to be a lot of fun today. Because it's Simchat Torah. I'm so glad so many of you chose to join us here. Those of you, I know we have a, a number of people watching online as well. You get ready because you're going to enjoy yourself too. Leviticus chapter 23. It is Simchat Torah, the day that we rejoice in the Torah, a day we read, a day we read from the end of the Torah, then cycle all the way back to the beginning. And it's instructive to understand the never ending nature of God's word. And it's also beautiful to celebrate, celebrate the centrality of God's word in our lives. God's word should be center in our lives. And, and so we're really focused on that today. That's one of the reasons I love this holiday. Because sadly, so many people don't understand and don't uh, uh, focus on the, the centrality of how God's word should be so important in our lives. And man, we, we, we even have a holiday just to celebrate God's word. I'm so excited about it. Okay, so we know that Simchat Torah is a tradition. Uh, it is not explicitly commanded to celebrate Simchat Torah in the scripture. Uh, however, it is ancient. Uh, not the name Simchat Torah itself, but the, tra- the tradition of dancing on Shemini at Seret, which is very biblical, goes back to the time of Yeshua. Uh, and of course, also what is biblical is the, the, the cyclical reading of the Word of God. We read that, that Yeshua even was reading from the portions. It says in a couple different places in the New Covenant about the Torah and the Haftarah, the Torah and the prophets sections being read on Shabbat. And so we know that the cyclical reading of the Word of God is a biblical principle, and, uh, and it's a beautiful thing. But of course, uh, also, we're not just here today out of any kind of tradition per se, as beautiful and as important as that is, because God commanded us explicitly to be here today to commemorate the celebrating of the end and the completion of the, of the holiday of Sukkot, which actually ends sundown tomorrow night. Uh, it's just, of course, uh, tonight is the eighth day. Today is Shemini at Seret, literally the eighth day of the assembly. So this is, this is a special day that we read about in Scripture that we are to come together. What do we read in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 36? 
For seven days you are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai, talking about Sukkot. The eighth day will be a holy convocation for you, and you are to bring an offering by fire to, to Adonai. It is a solemn assembly, and you should do no laborious work. Okay, so, so we know it is a, a Shabbat, and skipping down to verse 39, it says, so on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you've gathered in the fruits of the land, you were to keep the feast of Adonai for seven days. The first day is to be a, a Shabbat rest, and the eighth day will also be a Shabbat rest, which is one of the reasons why very explicitly, right, Gene, we can say, and I'll say to you, Shabbat Shalom. Okay, good, you're with me, just making sure. This is going to be very interactive today. Okay, very, very beautiful. Today is the closing assembly on the eighth day of Sukkot. I hope you've been enjoying time in your sukkah. If not, no problem. We have our Bethlehem sukkah, so you can fulfill the commandment to dwell in the sukkah tonight when you leave the service to go uh, into that sukkah. It's just special. I, when I came in today, there was somebody in the sukkah. I, 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 I passed by the sukkah and kind of peeked in. I almost missed it, but there was somebody tucked in there just reading. And I don't know if they were reading the Bible, but they were just in there reading, just tucked right in the sukkah. And I thought, oh, that's great. I know that many of you spent a lot of time in your sukkah uh, this year, and the weather was perfect for a good sukkah. Had people over, et cetera. And if you didn't just plan on it next year, it's very special. So today is to be a Shabbat. We're fulfilling both of these by being here tonight, celebrating the eighth day and the, that closing assembly, completing Sukkot. And you know, eight days are important in Scripture. If you look time after time after time after time again, we see there's a significance to the eighth day. On the eighth day, the sacrifices of the firstborn animals were eligible to be given to the Lord. That's Exodus 22. For seven days, Aaron and the other priests were inducted into service through something like an ordination period. And on the eighth day, they began their ministry. That's Leviticus chapter 9. Leviticus 14 talks about the fact of the eighth day being the day when people with different diseases were declared clean and their offering was received. Eighth day. On the eighth day, you all know, of course, a Jewish male child is to be circumcised through the Brit Malah, the covenant of circumcision. The circumcision uh, covenant. Okay, uh, Leviticus chapter 12. We know Yeshua had his brit malai. He was a Jewish uh, kid. He was circumcised. And so we know that eight is also the number for new beginnings. And man, we could use a new beginning now, couldn't we? My goodness, everything in the world going on. So on Shemini at Sarah, we have our special closing assembly for Sukkot. And don't worry, you know, you say, hold on, they didn't do the Torah service on, on Simchat Torah, unusual, we have our Torah service at the end of the service, not the beginning. Why? Because it's all building up to that. Uh, and so it's going to be really stunning and beautiful. Uh, and, and so we're having our special assembly of Sukkot. It's coming to an end, sundown uh, tomorrow night. And we rejoiced in our harvest, and we remember the Lord. And thank you, Lord, for giving us rain. We traditionally pray for rain. You know, in Israel, we have uh, Israelis that are part of the congregation, they'll tell you, is that it typically in Israel, it's very different than, than North Georgia, for sure. And in most places in America, it's just very different um, uh, in terms of weather patterns. Because uh, in Israel, typically once you hit about Shavuot, let's say April, maybe early May, but April, May sometime, the rain stops. And when I say stops, I mean like it stops. And it may not rain a single drop until October. Not literally one drop. 
that's, that's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's, uh, and so what happens? By the time we get to now, Sukkot, people are really wanting rain. Lord, give us the rain. We need the rain. And, uh, and uh, in fact, when the first rains come, uh, they actually have to be very careful on the roads because all the oils on the streets have built up over five or six months without being washed away. And so the roads are very slick right after the first rain. And so on Sukkot, we, we pray to the Lord, send us rain. Why? Because we haven't had it in half a year and we need rain for our crops, for our lives, for, for sustenance, sustaining us. And so I think that Simchat Torah is a great way to thank God. Because remember that the next major biblical festival after today is Passover. That's the next major biblical festival. Yes, we have Hanukkah and Purim, and they are special, and we celebrate those for like crazy for sure. But the next, but the next biggie from the Torah is Passover. And rejoicing in the Torah, God's word, you know, it's, it's a great thing to do on the last feast of this season, certainly the fall festivals. And something that, that came to me years ago that really spoke to me about this holiday and specifically why we do Simchat Torah uh, today, it's almost like we're saying to God, okay, God, until we gather together again for a special biblical feast, we know that we have God's word to rely on. Isn't that beautiful? I just love that. Okay, so as we focus today on the word of God, we need to know how important God's word is to our daily lives. And if you are not putting the word into you regularly, then you're starving yourself of spiritual nourishment. We need spiritual nourishment, and that comes from the word of God. Someone say amen. I'm going to give you a few pieces of data here that are interesting and sad, but I wanted to set a, a perspective for you. I wanna kinda of paint a picture here today to help you understand how much we should value and appreciate the Word of God in our lives. According to uh, Barna Group research, 23% of Americans live in homes without a Bible. 23%. That's one out of every four people in America live in homes without a Bible. And even, even with it being in 75% of homes, a Bible sitting there, 75% of Americans say that they never have time to read it. Also a tragic number. According to the Bible Society, well over a billion people in the world that's, it's, it's an astounding number. Well over a billion people in the world do not even have a translation of the full Bible in their first language. That's hard to believe. I, I didn't say didn't have access to a Bible. I didn't say didn't have a Bible. I said that oh, well over a billion people in the world, there is not a translation of the Bible in their first language. That's an astounding number. I actually had to cross-check that a few different times because I just couldn't believe it. Unbelievable here. You know, they say to China, believing Yeshua in China is, boy, it is really growing like crazy. 
the believing community in the country of China, communist China, is just growing like cats and dogs for sure. And, uh, and they say that China has between 60 and 100 million believers now, which is astounding. Yeah, yeah praise God for that. And even with 60 to 100 million, it's estimated that tens of millions of them, believers, do not have a Bible, nor access to one. Because a lot of these things are regulated, even if they do have uh, uh, access on a phone, right? And this is in addition, of course, to the one billion plus non-believers in China, who obviously don't have a Bible. This, friends, I'm painting a picture that, that is foreign to us. I mean, literally, part of this is foreign. But what I'm trying to say is that I want you to think about this. These are things that we take so for granted. We take God's word for complete granted here in, in, in the United States, and especially amongst us, a body of believers. We really take this for granted. Asher, we can't take it for granted. This is very, very important. Did you know... Did you know that for well over a thousand years, this is, this is mind-blowing also. This is just to give you some perspective on the Word of God and how you should value it. And, and we just don't even think about it. It's not even on our radar to, to really value actually having the Word of God, whether it be a physical book or, or on our smartphones or whatever. Well over a thousand years in the world, it was not allowed in Christianity to have a personal Bible. Not allowed, not allowed, disallowed, ex explicitly not allowed. You cannot have a personal Bible for over a thousand years. And if you tried to translate it, by the way, into your own language, it was even worse. William Tyndale, of course, was burned at the stake, translating it into English. I'm... It, these are things that are hard for us to even fathom. We, we don't think about these things because it's just commonplace. It's in every hotel room. You know, the Gideons have them in every hotel room, right? It's, it's a commonplace thing. It was not, for the majority of history, it was not like this. Thousand years, they didn't allow. It's interesting because I, I got a new, Eric will appreciate this. I, I got a new perspective on this over a thousand years where they didn't allow personal Bibles. Of course, for a long time, they didn't have printing presses, and so it was harder to produce a Bible. But even after, they still uh, prohibited it. And, uh, and, and, they, and, they, uh, and of course, a lot of people felt, well, this was just kind of the established church's way to keep kind of control over the people, which surely is true. But Jonathan, you'll be interested too. I, I read uh, an interesting article and, and, uh, and treaties by Dr. Bernard Starr that presented that the, that the reason that he was putting forward as to, it was partially control, but also specifically controlling the message in that this thousand-year prohibition from people having a personal Bible was anti-Semitic in nature because a reading of the text reveals how inerrantly Jewish the new covenant is. Isn't that interesting? That's an interesting uh, uh, theory as to why so much it was limited. It's so interesting. I talk about, and this goes along with something I talk about in the new members class. By the way, we've got some new members we're going to be announcing soon. I'm really excited about that. But it really makes sense because one of the things I talk about is that we see the historic anti-Semitism within the, the, the body of, well, I wouldn't even really say the true body of Messiah, people who claim to be Christians, right? 
incredible anti-Semitism historically. But one of the things that I pointed out is that they tried to take the Jewishness out of the faith at every chance they got. The councils, the the inquisitions, the, the, I mean, the crusade, they, they're trying to take away the Jewishness. The theologians trying to remove the Jewishness. But the one thing they couldn't change was the book. The book was done. The new covenant was done. When you read the new covenant, friends, it's a Jewish book. Any Jewish, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to a, a pre-believing Jewish person last Shabbat. And I was sharing with them, listen, just, if you just read it, it's very Jewish in orientation. It's very Jewish, and so it was an interesting uh, theory that he was putting out is that part of this was they didn't want people to see the Jewishness of their faith is part of the reason why they didn't want people to have a Bible. Okay, Romans chapter 3, by the way, is where we're going to go next. As you know, we're not going to be passing the Torah schools around this year as we're making every effort to keep everybody safe this holiday season. That said... Thank God we all have access to the scriptures today. We all have access, thank God. But all too often, I think we don't appreciate how special it is that we have this. Because historically, looking at history, it's extremely unusual for us to have easy access to the scriptures. And of course, now we even have them on our phones. You know, praise God, nobody's got an excuse as to not having access to a Bible now. You can download it for free anytime you want it. Okay, we all have access now on our phones, praise God. At the same time, there is a rightful veneration of the Word of God within Judaism and Messianic Judaism. Although we now have ready access to it, which historically people didn't have access to it. We don't realize how unusual that is. But even so, even though it's now commonplace that we have access to it, at least here in America it is, we as a people still venerate the Word of God. You can see it by the way we treat our Torah scrolls. And what does the Scripture say? It's interesting. The Scriptures tell us this. Romans chapter 3, verse 1 says, Then what advantage, what is the advantage of being Jewish? Or what is the benefit of circumcision? Verse 2, much in every way. First of all, they were entrusted with the sayings or the word of God. So our people were given the word of God. Of course, the, the writers of the scripture, the Tanakh and the Chadashah, Jewish, as you know. And so it's through the Jewish people that the word of God came. We have a special relationship. And we, in Messianic Judaism, if you come from a Jewish or a non-Jewish background, we have a special connection with the Word of God. It's part of, part of our people's legacy is a focus on the Word of God. So even the Torah scrolls are special and dear to us. But truly, this should reflect all of our lives about the, how we feel about the Scriptures. It's a great, you know, somebody said, Daniel said earlier, that a lot of Messianic Judaism is show and tell. And you're right about that. Rabbi used to say that too. And, and this holiday is one of those times. Because as we celebrate the word of God so much, the symbolism should be oozing out to all of us. As to how important the word of God should be in our lives and how central it should be to the word of God. Psalm 119. And we must consider... What would happen if we no longer had easy access to the scriptures? We have to consider that. 
And these are why the words of King David are so important. Psalm 119, we're just going to read that chapter. <laughs> okay, that took you a minute. It took you a minute. It did take you. Come on now. It's Simchat Torah. I'm going to give a couple. I got to give a Bible joke at one time or another, right? You understand. I'm not going to read all of Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. We'd be here for a long time. But I'm going to read from part of it. Okay, these are why the words of King David are so important. Verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? Hello, isn't that all of our question, really? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Let me not stray from your mitzvot or commandments. I have treasured your word in my heart so I might not sin against you. I want to say that again. I have treasured your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, what would happen if we no longer had easy access to the scriptures? Beloved, we have to treasure or hide. Some translations say hide. Hide God's word in our hearts so that we do not sin against God. This should be something that is very central to us. Scripture should permeate every crevasse of our lives, my friends. We have to treasure God's word. This has to be a treasure to us. Think of it as something precious. Like, like if you had a, a, symbolically, if you had a safe in your house, you would almost want to put this in the safe. The only problem is that you'd forget the combination. You wouldn't go to it often enough. Okay, but if you understand my point here is that that should be how precious, this should be more precious than your 401k. This should be more precious than all your computer passwords that you have written down somewhere and you're not supposed to. <laughs> this, is more, this should be more precious to us than, than almost anything in our lives and we have to guard our ways with the word of God so that they are pure. We can't stray from his mitzvot, from his commandments. But to not stray from his commandments, you really have to know his mitzvot. You have to know them. You have to know the commandments. But, but, but scriptures tell us, friends, King David tells us, you don't have to just know it here. Knowing it here is first step. But more importantly, my friend, is having it here in your heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart. Your word have I treasured in my heart so that I will not sin against you. Oh, the word of God has got to be a treasure to you here, not just here. There's a lot of believers who, who, who know the word of God here in their head. And if you ask them, do you know the word of God? If, if, you know, okay, if, if, if I asked you to, to, to turn to Zephaniah, would you know what that book's even about or, or you know, where to find it? Yes, they'd know. And okay, wow, they know some scripture, okay? They, they know who Nahum, Nahum is. Okay, they know some scripture. They know the, what John 3.16 is, Bible scholars. <laughs> okay, but the point is, is that knowing it here is all well and good, but you gotta have it here. You, they asked Yeshua, what's the greatest commandment? He said, it's the Shema. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Achad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, right? And love your neighbor as yourself. See, that's a heart message right there, my friends. That's the word of God into your heart and out your mouth and into your shoes. That's what the word of God, this, is, this has got to be going somewhere, my friends. We have to to guard our ways so that they are pure, not stray from those commandments. Many of you 
likely know the Bible, but knowing it and doing it are two different things. Typically, what do we do? Typically, when the Torah is, is brought around to the congregation, you'll see people reach out, touch the Torah scrolls as they pass, and bring it to their lips. Now, today, we'll be reaching out our hands to the Torah scrolls, but not literally touching them. But you reach out your hand. When we bring the Torah scrolls out, reach out to the Torah scrolls. Don't touch it this time, but still, symbolically bring it to your lips. It's symbolic anyway to start with, because why? The message from scriptures communicates, we see uh, that we read earlier in Psalm 119, we see that communicated in a, in a tangible, visceral way a little bit later. Same Psalm 119, but all the way down to verse 103. Because it says this, once you swipe down on your phone or turn in your Bible another page or two, I see a lot of you brought your physical Bible. I ask you to, thank you for those of you who remembered. If not, I know you have it on your smartphone. And Colbisetter, that's okay too. Verse 103 says this, how sweet is your word to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts, I get discernment. Therefore, I hate every false way. Friends, God's word should be sweeter to our mouths than honey. It's interesting, over the last, uh, right, right, few holidays, right, Daryl, we've been giving people honey. I mean, it's tra traditional on Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, to have apples and honey. And we've had these wonderful honey sticks. We may even still have a few out. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. We may have a few left. And they've been a delight. And I love it. But even better, even sweeter than honey to my lips should be God's word on our lips, my friends. It's the reason we touch the Torah and bring it to our lips is we want God's word to be on our lips. It's sweeter than honey to our lips. It's, it's the reason we, one of the reasons we reach out to touch uh, the Torah or reach our hands toward the Torah. It's also, as a side note, one of the reasons why we give candy to children on Simchat Torah. Why? We have to understand the sweetness of God's word. All too often, all too often people in the word, world are taught that the Bible is a mean-spirited set of archaic rules. And that's what people are taught. The Bible is just hardcore, mean, archaic rules. And that's what it is. But no, my friends, it's a book of love. This is a book of love. It's a book about how God loves you, and he loves me, and that's what this book reveals, that God loves us. It's a book of mercy. It's a book of grace in spite of the mistakes that we make, and that's why it should be treasured and hidden in our hearts. The bottom here, friends, bottom line is that we got to value the word of God. we got to value it in our hearts. I want to ask our keyboardist to come up here for just a second, just the keyboardist. And, and we don't know if we will always have the scriptures. I told you there are plenty of countries where you, can't, where you don't have access to it. And we take it for so much for granted right now, but we shouldn't. It's a precious gift. I asked over the last couple of weeks if you could bring your scriptures with you today. If you didn't, then no worries. You can always access the Bible through your phone. But if you brought it today, in just a moment... In just a moment, not yet, I'm going to ask you to take your Bible and I'm going to ask you to raise it in the air, not yet. And if you don't have a hard, a hard copy Bible with you, then yes, open your Bible app on your phone and get ready, yes, to hold up your phone in the air. We're not going to be uh, doing lighters. Uh, okay, that's not, that's not this service. Um, but you'll have that. 
and, and, uh, and get ready to do this also if you're watching online. If you're watching online and if you have a physical Bible anywhere nearby, go grab it and get ready to lift it in the air, although not yet. Or if not, then just have your smartphone, open up the Bible app and get ready to lift that in the air, whatever it is. And when we, when we do in just a moment, I'm gonna want for you to thank the Lord for his word, the very words of God. Now, if you're a reader of the word of God, if you are a reader of the Word of God, if you are a follower of God, you probably have a favorite book of the Bible that has blessed you. If you don't have a favorite book of the Bible, no worries, right? But, but I want you to think right now, just wherever you are, if you're watching at home or if you're here, I want for you to think right now what the, your personal favorite book of the Bible is. Think about your favorite, but or at least one of your favorites. Well, I got three or four that are my favorite. Okay, pick one. Pick one a book of the Bible. It doesn't matter if it's Old or New Covenant. Whatever it is that is your personal favorite book of the Bible that has just blessed you or, or, or you love getting into, whatever it is. And, and do, you ha- do you have one in mind? Do you have one in mind? Okay. And, and if you don't, that's okay. But on the count of three, I'm going to want you to, I'm going to ask you to hold your Bible up in just a second. On the count of three, I want you to say the name of that book, the book of the Bible that is your favorite, out loud, and then I'm going to pray, okay? So, so in just a moment, again, I'm going to have you hold up your Bible on the count of three. I'm going to ask you to out loud, nice and loud, don't, don't say it shyly, just name a book, your favorite book of the Bible. That doesn't, doesn't matter what it is. If you don't, if you don't have one, you don't know one, you can, uh, I suggest to you Matthew or Psalms, okay? E- either one of those two you can, uh, you can choose, okay? And, and, th- and, then, and then I'm going to pray as you hold your Bible. But I want you to be thankful for this book, and then we're going to do something else, okay? Echad Steim Shalosh. Lord God, in the name of Yeshua, you've heard all of these books of the Bible. You've heard all these people. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this book. I thank you for your guidebook, your word that teaches us so much. You're generous. You're kind to us, Lord, for giving us your word. Oh, it's so beautiful to see hundreds of Bibles just being held up in the congregation. Oh, it's uh, absolutely amazing. Lord, I, I, I thank you, Lord. We're all thankful, Lord, for your gift to us of this guidebook, Lord God, where you, this book of love that you show us, Lord, that you teach us. We want to follow your ways, oh Lord. We bless you for this book. Speak to us through this book, Lord. Speak to us through your word, through your Torah, through your uh, Nevaim and, and, and Ketuvim, and through the Brechadashah, Lord. Speak to us through your your holy scriptures. We want to learn. We want to grow more in you, Lord. Speak to us, God. Speak to us. Speak to us. Thank you, O Lord God. Keep your eyes closed for just a second. You may lower your Bibles now. The book of the Bible that you said that was your favorite just now, open your eyes and turn to it right now, wherever you are. Turn to that book that you said out loud. I don't care where within the book it is. It doesn't need to be a chapter 1. It could be a chapter 10. It could be chapter 4, chapter 40. It doesn't matter. Go to that book in the Bible wherever it was. We're going we're gonna, to uh, take around five minutes. And what I want you to do is this. 
I want you to take about five minutes, whatever book you said was your favorite. You have it, if, if you have it on a phone, that's great. And we're gonna take about five minutes and I just want you, for you to read from that book. Now, if you don't have a favorite, go to Matthew or Psalms. The keyboardist is gonna play for a few minutes and I want you to read it slowly. Don't just read it like cranking it, like trying to get through chapters. No, no, no. I want you to read it slowly. And as you read it, ask the Lord to show you something in your life. It may be something small, but ask it. Maybe it's encouragement. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for showing me things. Thank you for answering questions. It, who knows what it's going to be? It can be something very subtle. It can just be, I love you. But I want, I want all of us, in whatever book, all, we're all reading different chunks of the Bible right now, which is just totally cool. We're going to all, I want each of you in your own way to take some time just reading the Bible and let what you read speak to you today. And then we're going to continue in our service in about five minutes. Take some time and read his word. You at home, same thing.
thank you, Lord. so interesting. I was preparing this message and I just got the sense from the Lord that was, listen, for some of you, it was just a good time to enjoy reading a little bit of the word. You, you can keep playing. You, it was just a good time to, to read the word a little bit. But for some of you, I think that the Lord wanted to speak to you in a certain way. This is what he, you know, the Lord doesn't always, I hope, my gosh, you know, the Lord doesn't always speak to you only through your rabbi. He'd like to speak to you just personally, just between you and him. Reading the word, he can speak to you this way. He can impress things upon you. Maybe it was just a moment of, of, of reflection. Some of you, I think the Lord said something to through it. Some of you thought, wow, that's interesting. I'd kind of like to keep reading that, but now he's moving on in the service. That's okay. <laughs> Pick up with it later. Pick up with it later. Why? Because Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The book of Yehudim Meshachim, the book of Messianic Jews. Hebrews 4, 12 says this. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing right through to a separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hmm. See, if you're going to truly celebrate God's word, you have to hide it in your heart. You must treasure it in your heart. And if you do, it is living. It is sharp. It will reveal truth. And if you do, it is worth celebrating because it's liberating. title of my message is treasure God's word treasure God's word Lord thank you for this time thank you for this time and the gentlemen can be excused to prepare for what they have to prepare for Lord I thank you for this time I thank you for each and every person here if there's anybody who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart but you'd like to today wave your hand at me and we'll have a simple prayer If you've never given your life to God, but you'd like to, if that's you, lift your hand and wave it to me. If you've never prayed that prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this special Simchat where I'm excited about what you've taught us and what is to come. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethalel family, please visit our website at www.bethalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service. 
Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.